Heavenly Father, we do come to you this morning and ask that you would help us to keep your word. Oh Lord, we pray that you would remove from us scorn and contempt because we have not strayed from your commands, that we have kept our feet faithfully on the path that is given to us by your word. Oh Lord, we pray that we would feast upon your word this morning and find help for us as we seek to learn your ways. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue our studies in the book of Genesis and particularly chapter 3. Uh, Genesis 3 comes after God has created the heavens and the earth and then he has made Adam and Eve and he gave the first parents, the first uh, people, first humans that he created, a particular command that they were not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we have seen then in Genesis chapter 3 that Satan comes along in the form of a serpent and he speaks to Eve and gets her to eat the fruit. He speaks to her about God's commands and lies to her about the consequences of death. And so Adam and Eve then took and ate what they should not have. And as a result, we saw last time when we looked at verse 7 together that they sewed fig leaves and made coverings for themselves. They realized they were naked and they sought to cover their shame from one another. And this morning we come to verse 8, verse 8, where we see that God shows up in the garden. In verse 8 it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Up to this point they've only been conscious of one another, and so they've been hiding their nakedness from one another. Now they are very conscious of the sound of God has arrived in the garden. And what do they do when they hear the sound of God? Well, the second part of verse 8 tells us. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Adam and Eve are conscious of their sin. They're conscious of God's presence. And what do they do? They hide from God. Just as they've sought to hide from one another, hide their naked bodies from each other, they now seek to hide from God by hiding among the trees of the garden. And this is the same reaction that people have today when they're conscious of God's presence. When people hear God's presence, their response is usually one of hiding, that they want to hide from God. They're conscious of their sin and they seek to hide from God. You may be asking, how can, God, how can people hear God's presence today? God doesn't come and walk in the cool of the day each day, and so everyone runs and hides. How do people become conscious of God? How do they hear the sound of God's presence? Well, there's two primary means by which God communicates his presence today, and one of those is via the Bible. Through the Bible, people can hear the presence of God. They can actually hear God speak. And what do people do with the Bible? The presence of God as contained between our pages, they try to hide from it. How do they do that? By not reading it. They close the book, they have nothing to do with it, they don't want to hear God's presence, and they try to hide from it by no longer reading the Bible. And some people go to the extreme of trying to get rid of Bibles from the face of the earth, or at least in their own country. They ban the Bibles that are there in their country. They try to burn them, or at least remove access to them. 
This uh, was uh, just seen in recent weeks where the Chinese government has stopped people from accessing electronic copies of the Bible. One of the newspapers reported that last month, uh, that's in uh, April, uh, Chinese shoppers who searched the word Bible on Amazon began receiving a no-results response. Search analytics revealed a significant spike in the keyword Bible on March 30, but by April 1st, analytics showed a zero result, suggesting that the word may have been censored. What is the Chinese government doing? They're trying to hide the whole country from the presence of God. They do not want God's presence in their country. And they know one way that we can hide hide from God is by getting rid of his presence in the scriptures. And a quick way to do that is to get rid of all electronic copies of the scriptures. If we can ban ban the, the, the key word in our country, if we can censor that key word, then we can stop people from having the presence of God. How else do people hear God's presence today? One way is through the scriptures. What's another way? What's in God's people? God's people have Christ in them. And as God's people live, as Christians live in this world, people actually see Christ as the Christians behave like Christ and as they speak the very words of God. We know we can hear God's presence by being around his people. And what do people do when they come into the presence of God in God's people? They try to hide. Just as Adam and Eve tried to hide from God's presence many years ago, so people try to hide from Christians. They try to avoid them, try not to have friendships with them, and they try not to go to any of their meetings. They don't go where Christians may be found together, whether it be church services or even services like prayer meetings. Sometimes think... Prayer meetings are the last place on earth that people want to be found. Even some Christians, I think, are scared of prayer meetings. Why are prayer meetings so scary? Because there at prayer meetings, you usually have the most committed Christians on the face of the earth. At a Sunday morning service, you may have non-Christians present, but at a prayer meeting, generally it's 100% Christians that are there. And what are the Christians doing? They're coming into the presence of God. The The whole meeting is generally about speaking to God. You're coming into the presence of God. You're coming to the throne of grace at a prayer meeting. And so I think for some non-Christians, the last place they would like to be found on earth is at a prayer meeting surrounded by faithful Christians and coming into God's presence. They fear the presence of God. And so what do they do? They run and hide by not being at such meetings. And, of course, the other extreme example of people trying to hide from God's presence in Christians is by actually getting rid of Christians altogether as well. Just as people try to get rid of the Bible from their country, people try to get rid of Christians from their country as well because they fear God's presence. They want to hide from God. And so some countries, there are systematic uh, ways that the government goes about to try and remove all Christians, to kill them, to murder them. We've even seen events like that last week where people in Indonesia were trying to disrupt gatherings of Christians so that people would not be exposed to the presence of God, so people would not be gathering amongst other believers and coming to God in his presence. But what does hiding from God really show? What does the action of Adam and Eve here as they hide amongst the trees of the garden, what does that show? And what does the Chinese government show by their attempts to remove Bibles from their country or the terrorists in Indonesia to try and disrupt Christian gatherings so that God's presence is not felt there. 
What do they show? Well, they show a very low view of the God who has created them. God is omnipotent and omniscient. So it is utter foolishness to hide from God. He has all power. He knows all things. You can't hide from God. The passage of scripture that we opened the service with this morning, Psalm 139, proclaims this so well. Turn with me there again, page 618 of the Church Bibles. Page 618, Psalm 139. A very popular psalm amongst the people of God. Psalm 139, page 618, and I'll read from verse 7. Page 618, Psalm 139, where the psalmist says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, for the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Jeremiah 23 also says, where God, and God is speaking, he says, Am I only a God nearby and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth? It is utter foolishness to try and hide from God when we consider who he actually is, the omnipotent, the omniscient, the all-powerful, the all-knowing God. And we don't need the Bible ultimately to proclaim to us the presence of God is going to always be there. As we consider Bibles in this world, they're still very much present in the world despite man's efforts to remove the presence of God as contained in the scriptures. The Guinness World Records affirms that the Bible is still the best-selling book a survey by the Bible Society concluded that around 2.5 billion copies were printed between 1815 and 1975, but more recent estimates put the number at more than 5 billion copies of the Bible have been printed in the last 100, well, 200 years. The runner-up is Mao's Little Red Book, which is meant to have sold, uh, well, printed 800 million copies. 800 million is the runner-up, but 5 billion copies of the scriptures. And I think that Mao's Little Red Book may not have such uh, publication status uh, since his passing. Uh, when you've got a billion people that are forced to carry a copy of the, that book, well then of course 800 million copies is not surprising. But I'd be interested in 100 years, 200 years time, whether that book is still as prominent as it is in the last century. So the Bible is not going anywhere. Five billion copies in the last 200 years. The estimates are that about 50 Bibles are sold every minute. And here's a statistic for you. The Bible is the most shoplifted book in the world. The most shoplifted book in the world. So if you're going to burn all the Bibles in the world to remove God's presence from the face of this planet, you better stand a fair way back from the bonfire because you've got to gather up a lot of books and commit them to the flames. God's presence isn't going anywhere as found in the scriptures. We don't need the Bible to tell us 
that we can flee. We cannot flee from his presence as contained in the scriptures. And you may not own a Bible yourself, but very likely the Bible will show up in some way. In a hotel drawer, you'll open it and find one of the Gideon's Bibles there. On printed posters, you'll see snatches of the Bible, and that's what I like to do with our poster box. I like to put Bible verses in it. Don't put catchy little slogans said by other Christians. Put Bible verses there so that people are exposed to the Word of God and His presence as they read our posters. Even the English language, just speaking English, you're often exposed to the Scriptures. I have a very uh, good atheist friend, and she was talking. She's a very committed atheist. I try to evangelize her. She just laughs at me most of the time. But she's very committed to atheism, that there is no God. And the other week she was in speech and she said, oh, I wouldn't know him from Adam. And I said, who's Adam? She had slipped with her tongue and she'd exposed her knowledge of Christianity. The Adam that we're looking at in Genesis 3, she had uttered his name on her lips. As he is so old, so long ago, how would I know that person? It'd be like knowing, meeting Adam from the garden. I wouldn't know him from Adam. So much of the English language, so many proverbs that we say are from the scriptures. God's presence is felt, particularly amongst the English-speaking world, very predominantly. But what about God's presence in Christians? We, say, we hear from the scriptures that we can't flee from God's presence. Can we flee from Christians? Well, despite all efforts to eradicate Christians from the world, we're still here. People have prophesied the death of Christianity and Christians continue to be present on the planet. The Pew Research uh, survey said that 31% of the world affirms themselves as Christian. I'd like to think that that is actually true, that all those people who affirm Christianity are Christians, um, but... Even so, there is a significant portion of the world that is Christian. And it's interesting how Christianity often thrives under persecution. The more you hit the bride of Christ, the stronger she often becomes. The more you try to eradicate God's presence, to hide from God's presence by removing Christians, the more interest you actually provoke in Christianity and the more that God's spirit moves and brings people to faith. A Chinese researcher, William Nee, says, despite all the pressure put on Christians in China, and indeed because of, perhaps because of it, China is seeing a surge of religious belief. Very interesting. As they seek to hide all the more fervently from God, God makes his presence all the more felt in the country of China. So you may hide from God, but it's pathetic. It's out of foolishness. If God wants to find you, he will. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He can make his presence felt, no matter how much you may try to get away from him. Just consider Jonah in the Bible. He tried to flee from God. What ended up happening to him? He was eaten by a fish and lived in it for three days and was brought back to where he was supposed to be. God can put Bible verse on a scrap of paper that flutters into your driveway and you pick it up and read it without realising what you're reading. God has that power. You think you can escape from God. You may cut off all Christians from your circle of friends, not go to any Christian gatherings, and then one day at work, you go into an elevator, someone else gets into that elevator, they're a solid Christian, and then the elevator breaks down for two hours. 
God can do it. You think you can get away from all of God's presence by not having any contact with Christians? The next employee is putting the cubicle next to you. Maybe a very faithful Christian who loves to have the Bible on their desk and at lunchtimes read it, and you can't do anything about it. You can't flee from God's presence. And there'll be no hiding from God on Judgment Day. We looked at Revelation 6. We had it read to us earlier. And people will ask for rocks and hills to fall on them because they do not want to be exposed to the face of God. They cannot. On Judgment Day, hiding from God under a rock and a hill, it'll make hiding in the belly of a fish for three days seem like a holiday. Can't hide from God's presence. If you try to hide from God, you're like a foolish child who's broken a window, hears Dad coming and tries to hide behind the skinny washing line in the backyard because that's all that's available to him. He's standing there, the washing line's there, thinks that Dad won't see them because of the hiding place that he's found. But Dad clearly sees the child hiding behind the washing line. Or even worse, you're like a child who's done something wrong and closes, this is what little toddlers do, they close their eyes and think that if they can't see Dad, then Dad can't see them. And so they're going to be okay. They can hide from Dad just by closing their eyes. And that's pretty much what all efforts to hide from God are. The best you can do is just close your eyes and hope he doesn't see you. Because all other efforts are vain. You don't play hide and seek with God. He wins every time. He will always find you. So what are you to do? Well, you don't have to hide from God if you hide in Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve didn't know what to do here. They've sinned. They feel their shame. God's present in the garden. Dad has shown up. The father of the world has shown up. What do they do? They run and hide. They didn't know that there was another option. And we wouldn't either. It's very easy to look down on them condescendingly from this point in history where we know about Jesus Christ. But they didn't know. But God has since told us what to do. To hide behind the tree of Calvary. Not the trees of the garden. There is a tree that we can hide in. And that is the cross of Jesus Christ. The Bible loves to make much of that blessed tree. 1 Peter 2, 24, Peter says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And the Apostle Paul in Colossians 2, verse 13 and following, he says, He, that's Jesus, forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code and with its regulations that was against us. And that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross, by the tree. Adam and Eve hid behind a tree, hid behind multiple trees. It wasn't good enough. But the tree of Jesus Christ is indeed a place in which you can hide and be safe. There is only one tree you can hide behind. And ironically, there's a tree that holds God himself. You may think the cross is ridiculous as a place to hide from God. If that is the case, it is because you are perishing. 
That's what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1. He says, For the message of cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. If you come to God in Jesus Christ, behind that tree of the cross, God speaks peacefully to you, despite your sin, not wrathfully. If you trust in Christ, you have no need to hide from God any longer, despite your sin. Yes, we should all feel the shame of sin as Adam and Eve felt it so many years ago. But instead of running from God, we should run to God in Jesus Christ. Don't run to God the Father directly. You will still experience his wrath. But if you go in Christ, he welcomes you with arms wide open and you do not have to fear him. So I encourage you, if you've never come to Christ, do it today. Stop fleeing from God. I love that you're here present amongst God's people this morning. You're in the presence of God even now as you're listening to his word amongst God's people. I love that you're here, but I beg of you to come to God directly through Jesus Christ. Feel his presence amongst you, uh, um, around you even now. But don't flee into some dark compartment of your mind and ignore what I'm saying. Come to God through Jesus Christ. Hide behind the tree of Calvary and know peace with God. And if you are a Christian and you've hidden in Christ in the past, have you ever noticed that the desire of Adam and Eve to hide still lives on in you? How do you see a tendency to hide from God's presence? Is it when you're looking at something sinful in the browser of your computer and yet then it's hard for you to switch to another tab in the browser with the Bible? You don't really feel like you can go into God's presence and read from that same computer screen after looking at something sinful. Or if you've fought with someone at work or maybe a spouse, have you felt that it's difficult for you to go to God in prayer, to go into the presence of God at his throne because your sin has made you uncomfortable to draw near to God? I fear one of the main reasons even Christians don't open their Bibles and pray and fellowship with God's people is because God's presence makes them uncomfortable from time to time. And so they don't want to be in God's presence because of their sin. Some people may not even be here this morning because of what they've done in the week and they don't want to be in the presence of God, even though they call themselves Christian. I've heard all the excuses. I'm busy with work. I've got family commitments, my health is bad, I'm on holidays, I'm exhausted, the preaching is boring, the singing isn't my taste, the prayers are long, Christians are hypocrites, I'm not a reader, I'm a visual learner, I'm an introvert. Why have I heard these excuses? Because I've used them to flee from God's presence in my lifetime as well. Don't want to go and meet with people, so I'm just not a people person. Don't want to meet with those people when what it is, the reason why we don't want to be around God's people, the reason why we don't want to open the Bible, the reason why we don't want to pray is because God's presence makes us feel uncomfortable because of our sin. 
Do you use such excuses to not fellowship with God's people, to not read your Bible, to not pray? Is there a deeper reason and that God makes you uncomfortable when you're in his presence? How can you desire, how can we desire to come into the presence of God more rather than hide from him? Well, it's the same advice that I gave before to those who aren't believers. Hide behind the tree of Christ and then approach God knowing sin is atoned. If you have a bad week and feel like you shouldn't be at church on Sunday because you'll be a hypocrite, don't stay away from God's presence. Go to Jesus Christ and ask for forgiveness, then come into the presence of God. Because if you do that, then you can once more come to God and enjoy being in his presence, not be uncomfortable in his presence because you know your sin has been taken away once more. It has been removed. It has been atoned for. If you do that, when you sin, if the first thing you do is ask for forgiveness through Jesus Christ, then reading his word will always be a joy and it will be a lifeline for you. Prayer will be sweet conversation with your saviour, not an uncomfortable feeling because you're going into the presence of God. Preaching will be a delight even when it's poor preaching. Can never guarantee that my preaching on Sunday will be good preaching. But if I'm proclaiming what's from the word, hopefully God's presence is felt amongst you. And if you are in Christ, hopefully my preaching or whoever else is standing in this pulpit will be a delight because you feel you are in the presence of God who loves you and cares for you. And meeting with God's people will always be encouraging because you know that Christ lives in them and you'll enjoy being around them because you know that your sin has been taken away. And so you can be in their presence and not feel like a hypocrite because you know you have nothing to your account. You are no longer guilty because Christ paid for your sins. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 3 has to be one of the saddest texts in the Bible when we really consider it. Genesis 3, verse 8, when we read, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This is so sad. Adam and Eve lost so much because of their sin. And what do they do when God comes along? They run from him. They run from him and hide from God. And it's still sad today to see non-Christians do the same as they become conscious of their sin and shame and as they become conscious of the presence of God, whether it be in his word, whether it be by being around his people, they run and they hide. They can't get away from you fast enough once they realise you're a Christian. And it's so sad when God's presence is to be enjoyed, and he is the only one that can save them. Adam and Eve should have run to God and begged for forgiveness. He is the only one that can grant salvation for their sin, and instead they run and hide from him. It is so sad to see non-Christians do the same today. But if that is sad, isn't it tragic when you see Christians, those who affirm the name of Christ, fleeing from God's presence? not wanting to be around his people, not wanting to open his word, not wanting to pray. Their God who saved them 
through Jesus Christ. If they really believe that Jesus Christ paid for their sins at the cross, they should love to be around their Saviour. But instead you see them fleeing from God by wanting to remain ignorant of his people, ignorant of his word, and ignorant of how even to pray to the God who is supposed to have saved them. Don't let that be a tragedy in your life, that you are still hiding from God, even when you affirm the name of Christ. Cling to Christ. Have your sins paid for by him again and again, and then come into the presence of God rather than hide from God. Let's speak with him now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you as a God who knows all and sees all. But Lord, we ask this morning, as we affirm that you are omnipotent and omniscient, that you would forgive us through the cross for sinning against you and then hiding from you. Oh, Lord, so often we have sinned and we have tried to distance ourselves from yourself. Forgive us, O God. Thank you, O God, for giving us your presence in your word and your people. It is so wonderful to know that we can be in your presence by opening the pages of the scripture, by coming to you in prayer and by being amongst your people. Help us to enjoy your presence because we know we have been forgiven by Christ and so we have nothing to fear from being in prayer, from opening the scripture and from being around your people. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.